Hello and welcome to the Gilmore Ball Z bonus episodes. Because of your generous donations to the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund, we watched Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, the spider movie with David Arquette and Scarlett Johansson, who went on to more fame and fo- fortune, and the guy who played Logan from Gilmore Girls, who went on to play Logan in Gilmore Girls. Because <laughs> this is technically from before his time on Gilmore Girls, as this movie is from 2002. Yep. So, Grant, I guess, what happened in Eight-Legged Freaks? It'll take a little bit for me to give you the complete blow-by-blow on this movie, so we'll just give it a a broad overview here. You can go rent it on YouTube for $2 and watch it yourself. And honestly, if you're in for a fun movie night, I recommend you do. Uh, The the basic plot of Eight-Legged Freaks is that we have uh, this family um, that it's a single mom and her son and her daughter. Uh, Sam is the mom, and she's also the town sheriff in this small town of Prosperity, Arizona. So she's the town sheriff, uh, and then there's her daughter, uh, Ashley, who's played by Scarlett Johansson, and she's, like, 16, we're supposed to get the vibe is, that she's, like, you know, in high school, and then her younger son, Mike. And so Mike has that kind of weird, there's a lot of these weird movie tropes in the, in the beginning of this movie that... Uh, I've always been confused by because they're movie tropes that we just kind of let slide even though they don't actually make a whole lot of sense. They absolutely and, do not. And here we have the Back to the Future trope of a kid and an old man who are friends and nobody thinks this is weird. Right, except that instead of being like a high schooler who's happened to be friends with an eccentric old man, this is like a 10-year-old? Who goes yeah. to an old man's house without his mom's permission. Like, his mom tells him not to go to the creepy old man's house. Yeah, so, so like, we're all supposed to think this is fine. Um, but the old man runs an exotic spider farm? Yeah, this is not your, like, Joe Exotic, we're all into Tiger King when we record this, but will not be a decade later when this goes out next week. But this is just, like, a jank shack filled with spiders. Yeah, so he's just he just got a bunch of spiders. So he's got a bunch of spiders. Early on in the movie, uh, there's a truck transporting toxic waste because the mayor of the town that this whole town's dying, right? Uh, it used to be a mining town. Economically, the mine dried up. hmm. Economically dying. Yeah, yeah. Economically, the town's dying. the The mine dried up, and so nobody has jobs. And it's just very clear that this town is is in really, really dire economic straits. And so the mayor has uh, companies storing their toxic waste underneath the mall just because he needs to make the money to help keep the town afloat. And so one of these barrels of toxic waste falls off the back of the truck, rolls into a swamp, which then infects the crickets in the swamp, which this man then feeds to his spiders. So the spiders eat toxic waste-infused crickets and get superpowers because that's what happens when animals are exposed to toxic waste in movies. Yeah, this seems to have a few too many steps, but it's it's the path they went with. It's the path they went with, and you know, it tracks, and it's all all clearly outlined and revealed in the first, like, five to ten minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ding him for it. I think it's actually it was a very clever way to establish how spiders come in contact with toxic waste. Right. Uh, Except that there were spiders coming into contact with that toxic waste near the crickets anyway. It does seem a little convoluted, but it explains how this kid knows so much about spiders. 
It explains how the kid knows so much about spiders and explains how so many different kinds of spiders uh, all got infected. And these rare exotic kinds of spiders got infected. True. So anyway, now there are giant spiders. They very quickly eat the old man and his parrot. And so there's giant spiders who have ingested toxic waste, are growing multiple times their normal size, and have taken up residence in the nearby abandoned or mostly abandoned mines. So that's happening. The main, like, emotional through line is that we have David Arquette's character, uh, Chris? Yes. Comes back to town after he hasn't been around for 10 years. And his dad, who is now no longer with us, owned the mines. So now he owns the mines. And so he's he's convinced. His dad, before he died, was convinced. He found a huge vein of gold in those mines. But everyone's convinced his dad was crazy. There were He said all kinds of stuff when he was on his deathbed. There's no gold. But he's like, no, there's gold. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to save this town. Also, he always was in love with Sam, the pretty cop lady. And we find out later in the movie that the reason he left town 10 years ago was because he'd caught her husband cheating on her and beat the crap out of him, but didn't want to tell her that she'd caught him cheating because he didn't want to ruin her family, so he just left town. Yeah, instead he just beat the crap out of her husband. Yes, and her husband is in no way in this picture whatsoever by the time the movie rolls around, so she caught, evidently caught him cheating at some point and divorced him because it's just her and the kids. At the same time, we mentioned her daughter, played by Scarlett Johansson, is dating Brett, who is our Gilmore Girls connection, Matt Kukri, who plays Logan on Gilmore Girls. And I have to say, he plays in a typecast. He is a smarmy douchebag son of an important person. His father is the mayor, who is basically selling out the town. And he's he plays, like the trailer trash version of Logan Huntsberger, where he's still just kind of a shitty douchey guy on a BMX bike. Yeah. And he, he's, it's not quite a BMX, but he, he runs and he runs with his, his friends who all are on dirt bikes. And like, you could tell they wanted to have them be a motorcycle gang, but they couldn't afford that many motorcycles. So they're all dirt bikes. (laughs) Uh, so early on in the movie, the best thing ever in the history of cinema happens because uh, Sam, again, cop lady, is like telling her daughter, hey, I don't know if I like this guy. He gives me a bad vibe, and I see you making a lot of the same mistakes I did. Here, I want you to take this just in case, and he, or she gives her a stun gun. And, and Scarlett Johansson's like, Mom, I don't need this. Just, just take it just in case. So then later there's a scene where Scarlett Johansson and Matt Kukri are making out in the truck, which like, hey... He got to make out with Scarlett Johansson. And Alexis Bledel. Let's and then later Alexis Bledel. For a C-list actor, he's gotten to make out with a lot of pretty ladies on camera. Good job, Matt Kukri. Good job. You picked your jobs well if your sole goal is getting to make out with pretty actresses. Um, and so he's he, they're making out in the truck and he's like, hey, let's have sex. And she's like, it's broad daylight in the front seat of your truck while your friends are motorbiking around no especially i mean not that this changes whether or not a person is an exhibitionist who wants to have sex in the front seat of a car in broad daylight but she specifically says i don't want to lose my virginity so the way he's like decided to make her first time special is like 
he just kind of decided to have sex in a truck. Yeah, and so they have that usual conversation where she's like, I'm not ready. And he's like, well, so-and-so and so-and-so do it all the time. She's like, okay, I'm not ready. He's like, oh, I just, I can't control myself around you. Like, all that usual bullshit. And, like, in a lesser movie, she'd, like, be plied by it and be like, well, okay. But no, Scarlett Johansson motherfucking tases Logan Huntsberger in the balls. Yeah, he does have the line, ow, my balls. He says, ow, my balls, and then falls out of the truck, <laughs> then pees himself from getting tased in the balls, and says, aw, man, I pissed at myself. And then she steals his truck and drives home. Yeah, it's like if somebody heard all of your complaints about Gilmore Girls, got in a time machine... And gave you this movie. <laughs> it was beautiful. I laughed so hard. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So anyway, shortly after that scene, actually later on in that same scene, all of his buddies get eaten by the giant spiders. Scarlett Johansson <laughs> lives. It's actually, it's kind of funny because the usual thing in the monster movie, right, is that the couple has sex. And then while they're having sex, the monsters show up. And so they're punished for having sex by getting eaten by monsters. Here, she had clear boundaries and enforced those boundaries by tasing her douchebag boyfriend in the balls. And as a result, both of them survived because they didn't have sex. It's true. It's an interesting inversion on the trope. Women, if a boy is ever pressuring you to have sex and you feel guilty saying no because of societal pressures, remember, you might be saving him from a spider attack later. Just tase him in the balls. Just tase him in the balls. Just tase him in the balls. Tase him in the balls. No court would convict you. Actually, some courts would convict you. They're sexist that way. Tase him in the balls. Tase him in the balls. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, anybody of any gender, if your partner's trying to pressure you into sex, tase them in their most sensitive area. Just do it. We endorse, Gilmore Ballsy endorses (laughs) this practice. I don't know if I go that far, but I basically do. Uh, so anyway, so he gets on a bike and gets away when all of his friends get eaten by spiders and he retreats into the mines. And so he spends most of the movie just like cruising around the mines on his dirt bike. Uh, so he's like gone most of the movie just cruising around the mines. He has a super sick part where he does a jump on his dirt bike and a spider tries to jump at him and then he like kicks the spider in the middle of like a sick dirt bike trick. Uh, and then he goes into the mines. So... Bunch of stuff happens. Giant spiders start attacking. Bunch of pets and animals get eaten. This movie really didn't like pets. Yeah, uh, there's I, a. I was a, ready for the people dying. I was I was not ready for the number of animals to die. Yeah, a lot of animals die in this movie. Just if animals dying is a, is a thing for you, maybe skip this movie. Uh, but I have to say, the dog the part- dies, the cat dies, the ostriches a bunch die. Bunch of ostriches the die. Dirt bike pack die. They're basically his pets. Yeah, so the thing, the, the the scene that really confused me, and I know it confused you too, is the first pet that we see die on screen is the cat. Yeah. So Sam, the sheriff, her deputy is Pete. Sweet, wonderful Pete. Love who's Pete. Just kind of, he's he's kind of just... Uh, he's a dope. Uh, he's just Barney Fife, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a just dope. A, he's just the Barney Fife archetype, where he's just kind of a bumbling, dopey deputy. And he's working on some renovations in his house and their pet cat gets snatched through a hole in the drywall by the spiders because the steps of these mines run under the entire town. So spiders can show up anywhere they want. The cat gets in a valiant battle with the spider all in the walls. So we don't see any of it. We just hear a lot of yowling and hissing and maybe some Kung Fu noises. Yeah. And so the spider and the cat are wrestling and slamming each other into the wall 
And so, like, indentations of the cat's face are popping through like it's Looney Tunes. Very but it's, clear, yeah. But it's drywall? And live action. Yeah, so that was confusing. That was a bit where, like, with these kinds of movies, with these, like, obvious, like, homage B-horror movies, it's really hard to know where to be silly. And I feel like every B-horror movie like this has a moment like that where it's silly in the wrong way, where it's like, no, that's not fun silly, that's just kind of dumb. Yeah. And this was that moment for this movie. But anyway, uh, eventually the spiders start attacking people and they start rounding everybody up and they're like, shit, what do we do? So a spider breaks in and attacks Scarlett Johansson when she's just come out of the shower because a half-naked woman has to get attacked at some point in this movie. Um, And definitely it has to be the teenager instead of her MILF mom. Yeah, yeah, and not the MILF cop mom. Um, But the MILF cop mom comes in and shoots the... She goes full Sarah Connor and shoots the spider with a shotgun. And then it's like, now we believe the kid. Oh my God, there's giant spiders. We gotta go. So they're trying to figure out how to get everybody in town to evacuate. A through line of the movie is that there's this, uh, this conspiracy theory radio guy out of a trailer out in the outskirts who insists the aliens are coming. So they go to his trailer, convince him to help them, tell everybody to run. So then everybody's flocking toward the mall. So there's this huge, like end of the second act, huge set piece of everybody in this little town in Arizona driving through the street, rushing to the empty mall because it's the safest place. While the running spiders over make spiders. dog noises. The spiders make like weird dog noises. Actually, the thing that the spiders reminded me of the grunts from Halo. They don't talk, but they just make weird little ah! noises, kind of like the grunts from Halo. Uh, it was weird. And they all hole up in the mall. So they're holed up in the mall, and they gotta, like, get everything together. Meanwhile, this whole time, David Arquette's like, I gotta find a time to tell Sam that I love her. It's like, Chris, wait a week. Wait, like, also, two months. Also, his wait, Aunt like, Gladys got taken by the spiders. Yeah. Uh, and so then he's like, wait, we can escape into the mines. So they escape into the mines. I'm skipping over stuff, but whatever. They escape into the mines. Uh, uh, Pete and the the radio guy are like, get separated from everybody else, which is important because they're going to show up at the end because they try to call the army. But of course, Diamond One doesn't believe him that there's giant spiders. The spiders knocked out the phone lines, by the way. And so, like, they run they run around through the, the tunnels, which is when they run into Logan again, and he's like, I'm here with my bike. Uh, I came with a forklift to save everybody. Uh, and then the, the whole thing is that there's there's the orb weaver spiders that go and they get live prey and bring them back to the nest to bring to the female. And the female picks whichever one has the, the best prey. And it's not said, but I guess the implication is if you bring the juiciest prey back to the female, you get to fuck her. Uh, and so, you know, of course, while they're trying to make their way out of the mines and the mines are full of methane, so you can't shoot any guns off or it'll blow them all to hell. They find the queen's nest and this gold, this gold vein that, that his father supposedly had found. Cause there's a mine just in case you forgot. Cause it's a mine in case you forgot. So everybody else, he's like, everybody else get out. I got a plan. And so he sends everybody out of the mine and he goes and he finds his aunt Gladys. She's still alive. He rips her out of the webs and then she's a smoker. So he gets her pack of matches and he breaks a light bulb and he sticks it up inside the thing on the light bulb and they get on the bike and they go. Uh, I'm guessing, I guess it's an electric dirt bike. So then they're running away from the giant spider 
and Scarlett Johansson, like they, they go, they go to like get, get to the generator, everybody up top's got to get to the generator. Cause then if they hit the generator, it'll try to turn on the lights, but that one light's broken, but then the filament will light the matches, which will then blow up the whole place and kill the queen spider. But there's no gas because the, of the methane, but there's no gas in the generator. Since Scarlett Johansson's like, I've got the taser that I used to tase my boyfriend in the balls. And the hot milf cop is like, you're a genius. We are friends now, even though we had mother-daughter tension at the beginning of the movie. And she does she, legitimately say you're a genius. She doesn't say the rest of it. She does. Uh, and then she uses the the taser to, like, you know, bridge the gap, like sticking a penny in a in a uh, breaker box and turn to get just enough of a spark to light the matches and all the spiders get exploded. So all the spiders get exploded Pete and the radio guy come back with uh, more backup from other police stations that I guess listen to the conspiracy guy's radio show. Sure. Sure. Uh, And then at the end of the movie, he kisses the girl and she's like, I know you've always loved me because your father told me all that other stuff. He kisses the, he kisses the hot milf cop. And then, you know, they don't show it, but the very strong implication is that after they clear all the spider bodies out, he finds that gold vein and brings prosperity to the town and of so, prosperity. Of prosperity. And so everything turns out okay in the end. And that is the brief synopsis of Eight-Legged Freaks. What a weird movie. It's a weird movie. I, I think, like, the summary is good, but it doesn't necessarily, like, encapsulate all the weird little things. I mean, we talked about the Kung Fu cat. We talked about the spiders sounding like dogs. Uh, we did not talk about how many, like, movie lines they just shoo in there. Like, you know, if you build it, they will come. I see dead people. They're here. They're here. Even calling the spiders spiders from Mars. So you got your little David Bowie reference in there. It's all... Calling it tongue-in-cheek would be giving it way too much credit. But they definitely, like, got every movie line that they could fit in the script in there that wasn't cut out by editors. But then there's also, like, the Lee Harvey Oswald gun. Yeah, apparently this police department in a small town in Arizona has the gun that Oswald used to shoot Kennedy. And they they lampshaded a little bit, like, the Lee Harvey Oswald gun. Why we have it, I don't know. And then the conspiracy theorist is like, oh, it's the Lee Harvey Oswald gun. Why that's there, I have no idea. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to use it. Right, like, from, not even just from a narrative perspective why a small town in Arizona has this gun, but from, like, a meta perspective of why they brought up that it's the Lee Harvey Oswald gun, I feel like in a different draft maybe this came up, but no. Yeah, um, I mean, it was funny. Like, it was a funny joke. Uh, yeah. I, I liked both of the lines about it were funny and made me laugh. Like, I really liked, and the Lee Harvey Oswald rifle. Why do we have this? Like, that was just funny because it was lampshading how absurd this plot point is. But I was waiting for, like, a moment that somehow mimicked the Kennedy assassination. Like, I, right. I was waiting for a moment that would somehow mimic it. And like so a grassy somebody would have spider to, killing. Yeah, and so somebody would have to pull off two shots that quickly. And so then there could be a line of like, huh, I guess he did act alone or something like right. that. Right. Like, right. I was waiting for the conspiracy theorist to have to use the Oswald rifle to perform a similar feat and then realize, oh, wait, no, Oswald really was acting alone. Like, yeah. By the way, Oswald was acting alone. Uh, it's been proven multiple times. Google it. So, yeah, that was really weird. There was a lot of weird stuff in it, but I gotta say, I had a good time with this movie. I had fun. I don't know, like, 
if I didn't have to watch for the podcast, if I would have watched it, because it is a little bit slow. And if I wanted that kind of theme, I'd go for a Tremors, I'd go for a Gremlins, you know, there are a lot of other movies in this genre that move a little, like, that are a little bit more competent. But if someone popped it on at a party and we were kind of half watching it, remember when parties happened? Anyway, if someone popped it on and we were all kind of half watching it while eating stuff, it would be fun to watch the spiders explode. Oh, totally. And, and you know, I have not seen Gremlins or Tremors. Uh, and I, you know, apparently I should because I really enjoyed this movie. But in I'm guessing neither of those movies have an awful Gilmore Girls man getting tased in the balls. Absolutely not. And this is the, the way this movie, you know, shines. It, 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 it That is where this movie won my heart, was Logan Huntsberger getting tased in the balls. You've been asking for it in other... Like, we've talked about him getting punched in the face, but... You know, we didn't dare to dream that we'd get to see him tased in the testes. That's, I I didn't dare to dream, and yet here it was all this time. Uh, And yeah, so like, look, is it a good movie? Absolutely no, not. Absolutely uh, not. The CG has aged horribly. Uh, it all the, looks the, terrible. The spiders all look terrible and fake. Uh, David Why Arquette, there's not a riff tracks of it yet, I don't know. It would make a great riff tracks movie. Uh, David Arquette is trying so hard the entire movie to act, and he just can't do it. No, he can't. Uh, like, various plot points just don't make a whole lot of sense, and no. like you said, a lot of the silly action movie one-liners are silly action movie one-liners. This is not good cinema, but I had so much fun. I had fun! It's wacky, it's silly, and it's it knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything more than it is in... I mean, it's a B-monster movie. Like, it's exactly what you expect from a B-monster movie. It's not a paragon of the genre, but it's not bad either. I had fun, and I do not regret the $2 I spent to rent it on YouTube. So, a couple of fun facts about this movie that are just kind of weird fun facts I found while we were watching it on the Wikipedia page, so that is the level of fact-checking I did. Um, one... This movie is kind of weirdly named. Um, Eight-Legged Freaks was apparently a line that David Arquette, according to an unsupported Wikipedia link, uh, it's a line he improvised on sets to say, you know, take that, you eight-legged freaks. Because there was originally a different name for this movie. Uh, A couple of times in this movie, you probably noticed them calling something an Iraq attack. Uh Uh-huh. You know, when a spider jumps at something. But uh, what what year was this movie? Oh, two thousand and two. You could not call a movie Iraq Attack in the U.S. in two thousand and two. It was still released with that name in Europe, but in the U.S. they had to scramble and find something else, and that is why they have the much better title of Eight Legged Freaks. Yeah, Iraq Attack is not a good name for this movie. No, and even without you know. Yeah, even without the Iraq War to make that possibly. It's just, it's just not a good name. Um, the other kind of fun fact is that the obvious, like, the person who went on to do bigger and better things in this movie is obviously Scarlett Johansson. You know, this is her 10 years before she was an Avenger. Um, the funny thing is she is not the only person in this movie with a Marvel connection. Every person in her immediate family in this movie has a Marvel connection. Hmm. Um, the her little brother played a young Matt Murdock in the 2003 Daredevil. Oh, okay. But better, her mom, Milf Cop, 
played Maria Hill in a lot of the animated versions of the Avengers. So in Earth's oh. Mightiest Heroes, she's Maria Hill. She just continues to play MILF cops. Huh. Well, Maria Hill's not a MILF because she's not a mother, but yes. She's a, no- she's a mother. She might not have babies, but she's a mother. <laughs> uh, her child is Tony Stark. Her child is the Earth and she's saving it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... Like, I had fun. Like, it was silly. It was fun. Uh, the spiders got splatted real good for 2002 standards. It it, it 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 was a good time. I would say, if yeah, if you've... When, when the plague void passes and we're all allowed to hang out with people again, uh, it, I would say it's worth the two bucks to throw it on at your, like, chips and dip party. <laughs> I love the idea of a chips and dip party. Like, there are the tiers of party. There's alcohol party. There's, like... Probably somewhere that I don't celebrate, there's like cocaine level of party. Somewhere there's the apples to apples bowling level party. But right in the middle there, the sweet spot is the chips and dip party. Everybody brings different kinds of chip and different kinds of dip. Is it okay if my kind of chip is a chicken wing? Yes. As long as I can dip it in dip. Oh, this plague void has been too long. (laughs) The plague void has, in fact, been too long. Uh, I I did appreciate uh, that we did just see natasha's first stun gun in this movie that it was like because black widow's whole thing is she tases people and so here she got to tase somebody in the balls 10 years before she got to be an avenger uh but there were a lot of weird little like there not a lot but there were a handful of weird little tropes in this movie that like don't necessarily bother me in this particular case because a lot of movies do it but i'm always confused when movies do it like when a character has an alarm set and the alarm goes off, and then they go, oh, no, I'm going to be late. Like, motherfucker, why didn't you set the alarm for ten minutes ago then? Yup. Um, but I do have some other questions about this movie. Uh, yeah, I can't answer any of them. I know Ask you them. can't answer, answer any of them, because neither of us are an expert here. I guess I guess this isn't so much a question as it is amusing. Um, so, just because of the technical limitations, they did have to do some things practically. Not the spiders, God no. But none of the spiders, the spiders will sometimes like come up out of the ground and grab something and drag it back underground. Yes. And instead of making some kind of realistic burrowing effect, yep. just the ground cracks open and they grab it and it goes back down. It's like the entire town is covered in trap doors. Yep. And even if you look at the original, like when they showed the spider, when it was still spider sized, it also looked like a trap door. Yeah, like, this is a weird effect they decided on to cut corners, and it just, it's so silly and charming in a weird way. I'm not sure if I love it or hate it. (laughs) I Um, think that, like, describes a lot of this movie. Yeah, uh, but the other one that, I I know you can't answer, answer, but is a legitimate question I was wondering. It's, It's a small town in Arizona. They say, hey, our city is under attack grab whatever you can and meet us at the mall and nobody brings guns no nobody brings guns this is a small town in arizona everybody has a gun you'd think you'd absolutely think they should have guns i refuse to believe that there were that few guns in this town because it seems like the only guns are owned by cops like yeah the police have the only guns it's like i'm sorry no every single person owns a gun even if it's like you know, their grandpappy's old hunting rifle that they keep. Farmers, farmers' mums. Yeah, exactly. Like, where the hell were all the guns? So that, that, 
I you know I know it's a movie, but I I have I have issues with that. I feel like I feel like we could have had a fun hot fuzz moment of all of the townspeople with guns fucking mowing through an army of spiders on their way to the mall, and that would have been that would have enhanced that second act big action set piece but instead we didn't get that so it's like i mean we got a crossbow so i'm not gonna complain too much but yeah well like i don't know i feel like you could have had both like you could have had both so i i understand when you have to sacrifice realism for the sake of making the movie work but here you sacrificed realism and it made the movie worse it's true and that bothers me uh did you have any questions about this movie no, but I thought you should know Tremors is on Netflix starring uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, well, maybe we'll watch that later. No, I have no questions other than the ones you asked. I mean, I want to know why this 10-year-old, how he started hanging out with, like, a 60-year-old man who has <sighs> the a lot same of spiders. Way, the same way but Doc I, Brown and McFly did. Like, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, no. This is just a weird movie. There don't seem to be any other children in the town. No. Like, Sam has a line where it's like, hey get anybody who's hurt and any of the kids out of here when they're like holding the line in the mall. But Scarlett Johansson and her little brother seem to be the only minors in the entire, well, I guess, and, and, uh, and Logan's character. Yeah, the dirt bags. But in that scene, those two seem to be the only minor minors with an O, not with an E. Uh, there are both, but those appear to be the only people under 18 in the town. There are no other kids his age. There don't appear to be any other teenagers other than the dirt bike guys who all got eaten. So, like... Well, especially because, like, she even says, like, you have no friends. And at first you'd think that that was, like, oh, he's an unpopular kid at school because he's weird. It's like, no, because there are legitimately no children. Yeah, there's no people his age in town. And, like, we're supposed to believe, like, it's just that he's kind of... He's the weird kid who loves spiders, so he doesn't really have any friends his age. But we didn't, they also didn't want to pay any other child actors. So you just get the vibe that he's just the only 10 year old in town, which must Actually, be really hard. I have some questions about his top of the line spider software now that you reminded me. He oh, has, yeah, he like, has like spider analysis software on his like Apple II. Yeah, that like you can plug in the size of a leg of a spider and see a comparison to human size to see how big spiders would get if they had a leg that big. It was I mean, really weird. I mean, computers doing things that computers shouldn't be able to do, I feel like, is a hallmark of, like, the B-horror movie genre. Well, and I feel like this could be, like, maybe if there was a fun educational program to learn about spiders, but it was a... It was just, like, one scene where he had, like, super top-of-the-line spider software on his, like, old computer when he was a child. And the funny thing is that, like again that was a thing where i feel like that was specifically in there to be as a nod to those moments in b-horror movies where computers can do ridiculous shit because that scene would have been just as effective if he just like measured it and crunched some numbers yeah but i feel like i I don't know i thought that was that was stupid in a charming way for me that like oh i have a spider analysis program because i'm the kid who loves spiders like it was dumb but it was dumb in a charming way for me and that that it was silly but it worked yeah i feel bad this episode's so short but do we really have anything more to say about this movie no i'm sorry guys there's not much to say about eight-legged freaks i mean like um well actually i do want to say i didn't talk about it much in my synopsis but pete the bumbling cop is a perfect oh, angel it's a treasure. 
and he deserves the entire world, and I'm so glad nothing bad happened to him in this movie. Yeah, no, like, the thing we didn't cover is that, like, right after the cat dies, his wife blames his cat getting eaten by a giant spider on him. Right, and leaves him. And leaves him, which means she's safe, so that's good for Pete's sake, I guess. But, like, Pete is a small-town cop who's second banana to, you know, a, like, let's be honest, I'm really happy that Sam has gotten where she is in her career as a woman who's had it rough. Like mm-hmm. Lorelai Gilmore, she got knocked up at 16, and, like, her husband stayed, but he strayed, and, like, she's had a hard single-mom life, and she still made her way up the ranks of small-town copdom. Pete is just kind of a sad second banana with no place to go on the career ladder with an eaten cat and a, like, horrible nag of a wife who leaves him, even though, you know, there are impressions of the cat all over the drywall suggesting maybe something else happened. Through the entire movie, he's just, like, good and kind and sweet, and I want the best for Pete. But also, he's just better than David Arquette's bland ass. He is incredibly bland through this entire movie. He doesn't really do. Like, he leaves town for 10 years doing what? We're not sure. And then comes back to say, no, I'm not selling. There is gold in the mine because my dead dad, who you have no context for, said so. I still love Sam. Gonna go climb this tower and fight some spiders. And that's and the just, entire he's trying to he's act got. so hard. He's you can see, so hard. You can see his little heart wants to act, but he just can't. And I've seen him in other things. I've seen him in other stuff, in Scream and in other movies like that. He can act. He, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but here he just he just couldn't he couldn't make it happen. And I wonder if it was just the director was just not giving him what he needed or what. But he just he tries so hard to interact with the other people in the scene and he can't make it happen. Well, and do you know the sad thing about that? At least according to uh, once again Wikipedia. Yeah. This movie was dedicated in the memory of Louis Arquette, his father who died in 2001 from heart failure. Oh no, now I feel bad. I'm sorry, David Arquette. (laughs) You did your best. I don't don't mean to laugh over this man's father's death because that's very sad, but like, of all the movies you could dedicate, like, I feel like we learn a lot about Louis Arquette. I was gonna say, maybe his dad loved, like, B-horror movies. That his son dedicated this movie to him. (laughs) Yeah, maybe his dad loved B-horror movies. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Your dad loves B-horror movies. He does. Like, you know, when this is all over, Dad, we can crack open Crawl and watch that. But I don't know if I would devote Eight-Legged Freaks to him. I like that. That's nice. That's a nice detail. I feel better about the world because of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are my, my three big takeaways from this movie were that Pete is a perfect angel and deserves the world. Sam is a sexy cop. And uh, Logan Huntsberger got tased in the balls. Well, I'm glad I, we were able to give you this. Those were those were my takeaways. Thank you for joining us for another Gilmore Ball Z bonus episode. Once again, this was brought to you by the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund, where people dedicate funds to Room to Read and to other worthy charities, but mostly Room to Read, to give money for kids in developing countries to have school access to school and education, which is imp- more important now than ever when a lot of people are stuck at home. So thank you for your donations. We'll be back again with our next bonus episode, which is, is it Cooler's Revenge or Bojack Unbound? It is the return of Cooler, not to be confused with Cooler's Revenge. Cooler's Revenge, very different. 
Uh, so please join us again the next time we record a bonus episode. We hope to get that one out a little bit quicker because we have a little more time to record these days. Um, and we're looking forward to it. So thank you and have a great afternoon. See you Saturday. Spider